Welcome to Down the Garden Path, where each week we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host and co-author, Matthew Dressing. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right. And tonight, shockingly, we are talking about uh, a very timely plant for this time of year and one that we've never done in the nine years of this show. And (laughs) it is holly. Can you believe it? No, I can't believe we actually haven't stopped to talk about About holly. I'm sure we've mentioned it when we've mentioned evergreen shrubs. But um, today we felt like this time we felt like holly. Um, It is the season in December. Uh, we felt it needed its own and deserved its own show. So we'd love to talk to everybody uh, tonight a little bit more about Holly. That's right. Um, So, yeah, I guess, did we say, you know, we'd love to hear from you with all your questions. So don't forget, (laughs) you can write us at Down the Garden Path podcast at hotmail.com. And uh, don't forget to check us out and join our Facebook group and uh, post your favorite Holly pictures and join the group to talk about other gardening topics that we love to do yeah yeah I mean if you have if you grow holly um uh, we would love to see pictures so please post them in our Facebook group that would be great exactly so our common holly so our ilex aquifolium Mm -hmm. is our common or Christmas holly um this is the broad leaf or not the broad well broad leaf evergreen mm-hmm. um with the spines on the in the margin of the leaf that classic deck the halls with boughs of holly mm-hmm. holly plant that we grow out in our gardens and we love it just because of that very interesting foliage with the spines um it is very very prickly um but also that evergreen interest and part of that evergreen interest is as well as those beautiful uh, reddish or reddish orange berries that show up in late summer to early fall and persist well into those cooler months that's right and sometimes it can be um tricky to grow it and it needs and i'm sure you're going to know the botanical name or the proper scientific name but it needs a male and a female yes which means it is dioecious okay right dioecious meaning dioecious yes dioecious okay like you said yeah so there's a male plant and all the flowers only have the male parts right and then there's a female plant that has all the female parts that's right. So it's the, often I've come across clients who have purchased one that had berries on it in the nursery and they purchased their one plant that had berries on it in the nursery. And then in two years in their garden, it no longer has berries and they think that they've done something wrong. And it's just that they needed to to have a male. And one male is enough for many females in the garden. Um, and the male doesn't have berries. So it it can just be it's a it's a and it often is kind of a smaller plant too, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so it usually tends to be a little smaller, mm-hmm. um, but not by too much. 
Um, yeah, so depending on the species that you get or the cultivar, they'll range anywhere from you can get like two to five feet commonly, or some of the straight aquafoliums have been known, especially in more southern regions, mm-hmm. to grow up anywhere as of 20 feet tall Ooh, uh, yeah. and, and wider. But we won't see that in our garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Unless yeah, you're using it for <laughs> right a hedge or something like that in the south. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Or you often, even in the nursery, you could see the tag and it says, you know, blue boy holly. And you think, great, I've always wanted holly. And you take it home and with nobody knowing that nobody there to explain to you that you need, it it is the male. So if you want berries, that you need the female. So I think it's an often um, a plant that people give up on because of that. And And even if they didn't do it, they know somebody who said, oh, yeah, I tried growing holly, but I couldn't get it to grow berries or you know, it stopped doing berries or, you know, those many issues. And I, so I'm glad we're doing this show to let everybody know that there's a reason. And the growers knew that too, because they actually started putting them in the same pot, didn't they, Matt? Yeah, you'll often see the boys and the girls. Mm-hmm. You'll see the hybrids like Blue Prince and Blue uh, Princess all yes. planted in the one pot. So you've got two main stalks and half of it's a boy and half of it's a girl. And that's wonderful, especially yeah. if you're just going to use one um, or two or you're going to have the boys and the girls or you're going to have like individual plants farther away from each other. So if you just want berries and a nice evergreen rounded shrub as a specimen or a focal point, you've got both the boys and the girls. The thing, or in the one pot in the one spot. The one thing to remember, though, is, um, you know, the boy is going to be on one side, the girl's going to be on the other side. They're going to tend to grow out into the sun. So okay. you're going to end up with one that's heavier sided with berries um, or the other. droops than the other one, right? Mm-hmm. So make sure you know, see where the berries show up. Mm-hmm. Um, on the boy and the girl and turn the berries to where you want to see them or you want them to be seen. Okay. And would it make sense then to plant a girl only on the other side then? And so there's like a boy in between, like kind of doing, you know what I mean? So they would kind of grow together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you mm-hmm. could plant them to grow together. You want them to still make sure that that boy is growing well enough that he pollinates everybody. Right. Um, and he'll do that where upwards of like 10 to 12 feet, usually he'll pollinate whoever's within that range. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's you could plant another girl or one yes. boy in a ten-foot hedge, or a grouping <laughs> kind of thing. A grouping, yeah. but g- g- given that fact that there's two plants in one pot, those often are more expensive. So I think, and I've been there at the nursery too, where people were like, "Oh, excited about holly," and they're like, "Oh, sixty-nine dollars. I'm not paying that for holly. You know, that's a lot of money." Well, that's why because there's two. Really, you're getting two of them. And they're kind of they're, now. Are they individual plants, or there is there a graft involved? No, there usually are individual plants. Okay. You can usually see, like, yeah. follow the girl into the stock and follow the boy into the ground. Okay, well. so it is a specialty plant, and that's why it might be priced a little bit more. And uh, so, yeah, so there's a reason. So I think it's really another reason why it's really good to shop at your local independent um, garden centers versus big box stores. So that you have answers to those questions and you have people who can intelligently answer those types of questions. Or you can just listen to our podcast and we'll tell you all about it. Um, but the common lilac, common lilac, I was going to say, but the common holly, <laughs> much like the common coal that I have with my froggy voice, um, I think it is going to see an uptake in designs. And I know myself, 
I don't use it a lot. I use it when the client asks for it or if the client already has one, usually sad little holly in the corner, I, I think, okay, let's let's build on that and, and add something more. Um, but I think the advantage of it being a broadleaf evergreen and as we see that us trying to use a little less boxwood with all the issues boxwood is having, um, there are no real insect issues. I know wind is an issue for holly, but um, are there any other insect issues that you're aware of, Matt? Not, no, not too many. Otherwise, it's pretty, there's like none serious, for example. Mm. Um, so we might get, like, if it's excessively wet, we might see some anthracnose, or we might see some root rot or like leaf spots and cankers. But there's no one that's going to come in like Japanese beetle, for example, and defoliate the entire thing, or aphids attack and take over. So right. none serious, but if the cultural conditions aren't met with that well-drained soil, um, we can get into some rot or some other issues like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I do know they they do like a protected area. So like a protected side of the house or with other plants around them. So it's not something that you're going to, you know, plant at the at the curb or at the edge, you know, beside your driveway in the wide open. Um, because I, I mean, again, yes, you can provide a windscreen and all of that, but then what's the point of evergreen, right? So, um, so um, can, and, and they will tolerate part sun, but not full shade. Right, right. They will take experience. some part sun, but they do prefer full sun to that partial shade. Okay. And then, like you said, in a protective spot, mm -hmm. um, because they can dry out or take some, that wind issue for sure. That's right. But there are be like benefits. Like it is a pretty, I mean, they are prickly, um, but they're not thorns. So it's not like a rose bush, but the foliage is attractive all year round. Yes. And and that's kind of a winner because there's not a lot of plants. That's why people love, have gone so boxwood crazy is because the, the foliage looks good year round. Why I love my ewes, but, um, but you get the bonus of having the red berries. Yes, exactly. Which mm -hmm. attract a numerous species of birds and other mammals to the garden to encourage that biodiversity and uh, that life and that activity that we love to see in the garden. And it's a very um, good pollinator as well. There are a number of specialized bees that will appear, other spring pollinators that will take um, those white flowers or visit those white flowers in spring okay. and she's blooming to help pollinate, but also as a nectar and pollen resource. And then she's pretty tough as well. Um, so, you know, they do have some salt tolerance. They're good for urban pollution. So they're not going to stress in some more of the more urban environments. The one thing to watch though, is as we mentioned, the berries and the birds though, is there, they are toxic to us. Mm. Um, so the birds and the mammals are good, but when we get to like cats and dogs and humans- and little people. And little people. Or little people, <laughs> exactly. We don't want to be ingesting the, the leaves. I mean, they're prickly. That's going to stop you right there, but you don't want to be eating the berries. They right. do have a low toxicity. They can upset our stomachs or give us the runs and other yeah. illness-like symptoms. So beautiful for the birds. Um, and that's why they're great to, you know, you know, put them in that protected area or amongst other plants. So, you know, oh, I don't want to do it because it's poisonous. Well, I think if you design it and smartly, right. right, it doesn't have to be right at the edge for you to go up and look and touch the berries. Mm. You can enjoy the evergreen from, you know, the mid or the background of a border with mm. other lower plants to prevent that from happening. 
Yeah. And I, again, I think it's, it's, if, if you are struggling with your boxwood and looking for an mm-hmm. alternative, I think it, it's a great, especially in the backyard and in established, because I think the the sad part is all the people with mature existing gardens that have incorporated mature boxwoods that are losing their boxwood. And I think that holly could be a really easy, you know, substitution to, you know, fit into a, a mature garden and um, add add a bit of life to it. And I do like the fact that there are berries. And uh, and then we can, you know, do a little bit of light trimming and bring those in for the holiday. Mm-hmm. I, love, I mean, that's what dogwood is great when you grow your own dogwood and the red branches. Then you can bring them in this time of year and have a little bit of, um, you know, it looks good in a vase. It looks good on the mantle. Uh, yeah. So I think that's, exactly. a, that's another bonus to, to having uh, the common lilac. Uh, why do I keep saying lilac? I don't know. <laughs> Syringra, not Ilex. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so it is not though. Are we good with? Are we good with the common Lila? Oh, I did it again. Oh my god, you did it again. Yes, I think that's good I for know. our our common. Christmas holly or the common Christmas holly that we're going to see. Right. And that's again, right. if you are growing it, if you do have one in your garden, we would love to see pictures. So please email us or post them in our Facebook group. We'd really. Um, or tag up, you know, put uh, put them on Instagram and tag us at uh, Down the Garden Path Podcast on Instagram. We would love to see your holly, and um, I'm hoping to get some uh, as well. I did put in Daphne, which is also mm-hmm. yeah. So I have Daphne in my garden, which uh, the leaves stay on, and mm-hmm. I've got the variegated one. So I'm I'm kind of venturing out. Um, but I think I think I'm like the idea. I, I've never been a boxwood planter. I thought you know how much I love my use. And uh, so I do see I do. I'm excited about um, experimenting more at my own house as well as with my clients with the common Christmas holly. But there is another holly, a native holly that is vastly underplanted. If we think the other one is underplanted, then this one is vastly underplanted, right? Yes. So we have our native, uh, like you said, evergreen, which is our Ilex verticillata, our winter berry holly. So the common holly is native to Asia. And then this one is a North American holly or a North American native species. And this one is again dioecious. So there's a boy and a girl plant. And this one, unlike our common holly is deciduous Mm -hmm. so it will lose all of its leaves so we don't have that nice winter interest in the form of foliage but we do have very densely packed stems thick with red or orange berries yeah and there are even some cultivars with yellow berries uh as well okay yeah, and they you probably remember them. Anybody who makes their own Christmas urns or have mm-hmm. gone to like getting branches and stuff, and you're probably like when you see the branches, and they're usually very expensive for a reason. Um, and they're just loaded, they're just thin stems loaded with berries, and that is just our deciduous holly that is native and also very much uh, underused. I did use it, I believe, in two gardens this year because Ooh. it is native. It is a way to the birds. It, it, it also is a, isn't uh, great for us to eat, which is fine. But yes. the birds do like it, which is also great. Um, but I think more importantly that it is uh, it is native. So and you know it's it's the leaves are even though they're they're not evergreen. They also they look nothing like the common lilac. They're much thinner. <laughs> 
right? I feel like they almost look like a, a tropical plant, uh, right? They're much thinner and skinnier. Did you intentionally say common lilac just a second ago? <laughs> you said they weren't very much like the common, the common lilac. lilac. They're, they're nothing thing. like the common lilac. <laughs> they're very much like the, they're nothing like the common uh, holly. I don't know why I have lilac on the brain. <laughs> yes. I'm sure you guys, your listeners are used to us making these types of mistakes. I apologize. Um, right? But yeah, so the leaves on, so I think even in the summer uh, for the, the plants that don't get uh, berries on them, they're really a nice kind of skinny leaf, green, uh, soft. Uh, it definitely gets bigger. And, you know, it's definitely part of that native look. It's not It's not going to be a, a, a contoured type of plant in your garden for structure. It's definitely going to be, um, you know, I would say like more of a wild look, natural look, which is, you know, it's a native plant, right? Yeah, yeah. North American um plants is that kind of that native rounded mounded shrub form so that's mm -hmm. silhouette so yeah we definitely get that kind of rambling one again yeah so we're going to see blooms from april to june depending on where you are and they have greenish white flowers um and then if they are pollinated which again um they do need that boy and that girl we're going to get mm -hmm. lots of dense heavy crop of those nice red berries we'll see orange berries or we'll see berry heavy the cultivar that gives us nice thick yellow ones much like our winter or our common holly or our christmas holly or whatever we want to call it except for lilac um <laughs> it is going to attract um butterflies in the spring and pollinators as far as we've got uh, for flower and pollen resources we're going to see again specialized bees uh, and then as we get through the season we're going to get our berries which again have many native bird species uh, that will visit and eat the berries as they go through the season we'll also get a little bit it's a little bit deer resistant and rabbit resistant but we'll also see uh if you have deer or rabbit in your yard again being a native shrub they'll recognize it and they'll come for some of that winter food source as well another good uh, point about them is that this variety is uh likes it a little wetter so if you do yes. have a low spot if you are doing a rain garden um, then this is a this is a good plant to use. Yeah, isn't it? Yes. They still need some sun, but that is something to keep in mind that they will tolerate more moisture, and that's often something that um, you know people struggle with in their garden. There's always one little area, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, excellent. Yeah, water gardens, um, wet areas, and then again the sun as well. Um, she'll take that full sun to full shade she tolerates shade oh, quite okay. well as well and uh, fairly soil adaptable she's adaptable to our heavier clay um, but does prefer a little bit more of a well-drained loam as mm -hmm. well and I think in a native so I actually bought them for a local um, community here in Pickering that we had been working on a pollinator garden and I mm. felt like uh, you know, the garden was very summer heavy, <laughs> not not a lot of fall or a little bit of fall in the sense that they're milkweed and and gray comb flower and, and things. 
but um, no, very nothing for winter. And so we actually bought a few of them to add so that there would be, you know, in the, it would play a background role all season, but in the winter, when it's got the berries on it, that's when it would become a bit more of a showpiece. showpiece. So I think if you are planting a native garden or a pollinator garden, it's not going to be the thing you're putting, even though you think, oh, red berries, I've got to put that up front. No, you're going to put it at the back and you're going to put it at the end. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of a background, a lot of green, which is lovely all season. And then have your, you know, your summer perennials blooming in front of it. But then as those perennials die back and you get, um, you know, and they die back, then you get the berries that you get to start to see for the, the rest of the year. So I think, you know, as you're planning, and we hope we inspired you today to consider the common holly or the winterberry holly in your garden. Is there anything else? I'm missing that? No, I, I don't think there is. There is one other species that you might see, oh, the Ilex glabra, right. the inkberry, mm -hmm. um, that is also evergreen. Um, I like to use it, the uh, male version, just for some spring flowers, but it's, again, it's got uh, small, very rounded leaves, um, but bigger than boxwood. Um, so it gives you a nice evergreen it might be an evergreen replacement for that, just the male with some flowers. Yeah, I think I think we're going to see media kind of posting it as or kind of promoting it as a bit of a replacement for boxwood, another mm -hmm. one. It is a little bit more similar similar in the sense that you could prune it and kind of shape it. Exactly, yeah. Um, and but it has I've ha heard mixed things about its hardiness uh, so I put it this year as a test in, in an established backyard very protected uh, I planted five of them around a mm -hmm. water feature so this is kind of my test uh, to see how it does uh, I like to test things out so depending yeah. on where you are in the world we know our listeners are from everywhere so you might be able to uh, grow Ilex glabra no problem um, the inkberry holly uh, now, do they have a berry, Matt? The female will have a berry, yes. Okay. And yeah. they will have a berry much like the other hollies. Okay, so yeah. they do get red as well. Yeah, they'll get like okay. a reddish or a reddish-orange berry. Okay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have the, the, I'm just using the male because from what I've seen too, the boys tend to be um, more hardy than the girls. Mm -hmm. So because of that fruiting and yeah. all the energy they, put there. Yeah, and I think that's all that has been available to us, really, uh, from growers. I don't think I've seen. That's why I was shocked that it does have berries, yes. because I think I've only seen. I guess I've only really seen the male, which is, you know. But as our zones keep changing, who knows what's going to happen? But, uh, but if again, I want to give a shout out because if you do grow it and you already have one in your garden that's doing great, we would love to see pictures. It always inspires us and inspires others. That's so right. We would love you to share that with us. And maybe we'll have to post our pictures as our plantings grow in and fill in and follow up with our experiment. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to the spring and, and visiting the, the gardens that I put them in. And uh, yeah. I Same. I put it one in a little bit more of it was um, kind of as like a protected, almost understory, southwest facing kind of situation. Oh, okay. But the rest of the yard gets some good wind. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how mm. that. Thing. 
how they are. Yeah. And I, for the winterberry holly, I can go and visit that garden, that pollinator garden and just see how mm. it turned out with the, cause I did buy two girls and one boy. And so I said to the ladies, like, doesn't matter where you put the boy, like the boy can go in the middle. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to like, he doesn't have to be noticed, but we want the, the girls to be on the edge. So yeah. So I'll try to do, do a drive by this week and see, see how our, and then the challenge there, especially with it's a public garden and because they are so showy and pretty, you know, has somebody come along and just trimmed mm-hmm. it and taken the berries. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but I will report back. There you go. So mm-hmm. definitely follow us at Down the Garden Path Podcast is our handle on our various social medias uh, platforms. And then don't forget to find us on Facebook and join the group and share your pictures, etc. with it. We love to hear from all of our listeners. And that brings us to the end of an episode all about growing holly. So thank you for joining us here on this episode of Down the Garden Path. I'm Matthew Dressing here with my co-host and co-author, Joanne Shaw. Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path, bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research and from the wonderful guests who join us on the show. Don't forget, you can spend time with us down the garden path. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, we know most of you, a lot of you are finding us on YouTube, right, Matt? That we're getting mm-hmm. some comments and we really appreciate it. So the handle is at Down the Garden Path Podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider, of course. And while you're there, please hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified of new content. And don't forget to like, share, or leave us a comment. We always love hearing from our listeners, but it's always easier to write us at Down the Garden Path Podcast at hotmail.com or via our websites. You can find me at down to down to earth.ca. I almost forgot the name of my company, number two, <laughs> and Matt at uh, naturalaffinity.ca. Thank you everyone for joining us down the garden path. <laughs>